Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party. I'm Jarvis Davis. Coming up on today's show, Raheem Morris wants to be the CEO. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party. Only on Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best of Falcons talk. It is local Falcons insight. You can't get anywhere, but right here at Locked On. I am your host, Tanitra Batista. Alongside me are Jarvis Davis, Aaron Freeman, and Tori McElhaney. The Atlanta Football Party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, the search that began on January 8th brought us to today. Finally, it's like we've been all waiting with bated breath, the press conference to formally introduce Raheem Morris as the 19th head coach in Falcons franchise history. We'll talk about coaches' thoughts on February 5th, his coordinators and QB1 in the deep dive. And we'll also wrap with a little senior bowl reaction on if there's anyone who might end up in the red and black next season. But first, let's talk reaction to not just Coach Raheem Morris, but we had an opportunity to hear from GM Terry Fontenot as well. And Jarvis, for you, it was Morris wants to be the CEO. Yeah, and when you think about somebody who has essentially failed before, like those are the type of people that I, I, I typically root for because it, it, it's a learning experience. And he talked about how Tampa Bay was a learning experience from him. And, and even Greg Beatles, you know, said that as well. He was like, he learned from it. He wasn't bitter from it. And, and, and yeah. to be honest with you, <laughs> T, you're very familiar with the ownership in, in Tampa being down there covering that team. You understand how – he probably had a, a good right to be be bitter, you know, leaving that thing because the Glazer family is is it's it just it just wasn't he wasn't set up to succeed, and, and for him to have a, to squeeze a ten game winning season out of those three years he was down there, you got to you got to look at that and say, hey man, the man knows how to get the job done. So, but for him to just be that guy, just that, not have an ego, because you know a lot of times guys with these OCs, the head coaches, they want to call plays. And they want to be able to run things, too. And it's just so hard to do that. And, and when, when you heard him say, hey, I want to be able to oversee everything and not necessarily focus in on one particular uh, facet of, of, the, of this team, he wants to be able to focus, on, focus in on all of us. That just tells me that this dude understands the second time around. And I think he's going to he's setting himself up for success going forward. And Tori, I think in part, that's what made him even a more attractive candidate, even this fourth time around for Rich McKay. And of course, the second time around for Arthur Blank, because the maturation was clear. It was interesting to me, Tori, to even see the same man that we all saw at that podium as the interim head coach of this team. And now to see him officially, officially at the helm, there, there was a difference there. And you love to see it because you can only hope that an individual would grow from his experience. And even you said, Coach Raheem Morris, his words today at that introductory press conference, it was the presser and the energy that you didn't know you needed. Yeah, I think you make such a good point about like the maturation of of somebody. And that was evident 100%. But I still think the core of who Raheem is has not changed in the years that we've all known him. And, and even him coming back now, that infectious energy that Terry Fontenot talked about that Greg Beatles talked about that. I'm sure Arthur Blank will talk about eventually. That's something that we, I think, felt in the room as well. And to me, it was also very, I I take this very uh, seriously. The fact that like 
Raheem came in there and he had this energy and he's everybody, he's like saying to all of us as the media, like, we're about to have some fun. Like, Hey, Tanitra, like, Hey, Allison, like Charles, it's good to see you, man. Been a long time. Like the fact that he has this rapport, I think with us already is also a really good, I, I enjoy seeing that. And I think players, because of what we've seen over years and years and years of Raheem being a head coach in this league, it's an infectious energy and a personality and a charisma that players also gravitate towards. And I, I feel like Raheem Morris has fans from everywhere he's gone in terms of the players who have played for him. And that's not lost on me as the Falcons right. are trying to kind of put a spark into what they have already. They're, I, they're not trying to change the wheel here, you know, like they're not going into 2024, I think completely rebuilding everything. They need a quarterback yep. and they needed Raheem Morris or someone, you know, when they're going through the coaching search, they needed someone to come in here and be able to lead the team to yep. what they want out of it. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's, some, that somebody is Raheem Morris. That's who they landed on. And, and Tori, to, to kind of just add to what you were just saying, I, th I think it's so important that a lot of people think that, you know, Raheem Morris is, you know, charisma and all that stuff is kind of just like, you know, on a surface type of piece of wood. When you, when you get – the thing people don't need to understand is that when you get players talking about you in that light, yeah. it's not because, oh, he has – he's a good conversationalist or or he, he, he understands and knows all his family. It's because he – Talks ball, like he he understands ball, and he 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 he's gonna help you be be better, and he's gonna give you things to give you necessary tools so you can make more money, so you can stick around on the team, or so you can get that second contract. And he knows, that, and he lets players know that he they are invested. Um, he's invested in them, so mm -hmm. that's why you hear so many people talk about how good he is and how great of a hire this was, and just to hear yeah. him today, just kind of bring it full circle. It, it was just, it was a beautiful thing to watch. Like I was, yeah. I found myself just like, just listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You, it, the genuineness is there. It, yeah. it kind of, it, it shines through. It shines yeah. Through. You can't miss that. Yeah, and I think that's a great call, too, because people have a tendency to think that just because you have style, you don't have substance. But I think there have been enough coaches, executives, enough former players who've come out to say, no, 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 this guy actually has it. And like you said, Tori, we had an opportunity all across this Atlanta Football Party crew to hear from him, see him in person, sometimes coaching, so on and so forth. And there's no difference at the core. The, the same person you're just seeing someone who's actually evolved so maybe the maturation evolution people need to understand we can speak on it because at the core it's the same and if this wasn't who you were somebody would have figured it out by yep. now and said hey yeah this is all style and no substance but just before we go into your take Aaron I just wanted to also clarify because we talked about the fact that we were going to give a reaction to coach Raheem Mars talked about giving a reaction as well to GM Terry Fontenot. And just in case for some of our viewers or our listeners that they weren't aware, uh, obviously Falcons owner, Mr. Arthur Blank had every intention of being in the building today, but we were informed by uh, Greg Beatles as well as uh, Brett Jukes gave us a little bit of an update uh, as well that unfortunately he had just a little bit of a, I think it was a, like a mild procedure this weekend. He is in 
fine health. He's recovered. He's good to go. But it was just um, more of an abundance of caution by his healthcare team to say, hey, you know, maybe this will be a little too soon for that. But certainly he had every other leader of this organization within the building in there for support. But just wanted you guys to know, in case you don't hear us, uh, share with you our reaction to Mr. Arthur Blankets because he didn't have an opportunity to be there. That said, Bree, one of the things that, of course, was going to be, I think Raheem even called it the elephant in the back of the room, which is about the quarterback, right? And you said, hey, if there's a plan, we don't actually know it yet, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, I think the two big questions that we've had over the last month uh, going into this offseason was who's going to be the next head coach and who's going to be the next quarterback, right? We we have our answer for who the next head coach is, uh, and we, we got to see him sort of speak today. And now the next question that we're going to be sitting here debating and arguing and discussing and all that stuff for the next several weeks and months is going to be who's going to be the next quarterback. And when he was asked about that, he basically said, we haven't really talked a whole lot about it. And even, you know, whether that's a true statement or not, like it makes sense to me that like at this point in time, like they haven't really had firm plans. Cause like if you're Raheem Morris, like you, you can't go into those interviews being like, this is what we're going to do in free agency. Cause you don't really know who's going to be a free agent. Like you don't know, like everybody's like, Oh, we'll just sign Kirk cousins. But there's like 15 teams right now that are like, we'll just sign Kirk cousins. And you never know if he's going to be available. Right. You can't sit there and be like, Oh, we're going to draft this guy because if you're Raheem Morris, like you spent the last, you know, month, most of the last month preparing for a playoff game. You haven't been yeah. watching these college prospects or anything like that. Um, and you know, trades and all that stuff, like, you know, it takes two to tango when it comes to those types of things. So you can sit there and say, Oh, we want to trade up or we want to trade for this veteran or whatever. But then the other team is like, well, you know, give us way too much than what you're willing to offer. So I think at this point in time, it makes sense that the Falcons don't necessarily have a, you know, firm plan. And even if they do, obviously they're not going to tell us exactly what the plan is. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I think it, you know, th- that answer will come with time. It's just going to take a little bit more time. Yeah. And I love it because at the end of the day, I kind of want them to play it close to their rest. I don't want to give anyone else. I don't want the Falcons to give any other organization any tips. Although the, th- the four of us here will try to dissect and see if we picked up anything in what they said today. But one of the things I like my takeaway was I love the fact that a question was asked by one of the reporters of whether and what did Coach Raheem Morris like and what he's seeing on the roster is currently constructed, kind of what he doesn't like. And if you know Ra, he's not going to just be like, well, I don't like X, Y, Z, right? There are, I'm sur- sure, some things that he wants to retool. I don't know if he'd say he didn't like anything per se, but he was quick to tell you what he did like. And he said, Drake London, and then he got real smiley, and I like that Bashad Robinson. And I thought, this is great because that goes back to the comment he made to start the conversation, essentially, which was he loved the fact that the Falcons gave him the opportunity to coach on both sides of the ball. Right. And he could have your natural thought process would be, hey, he just a month ago was the coordinator for the Rams. His defense won the Rams a championship. He talked offense. Everything he thinks about is well thought out. He's putting pieces of the puzzle together constantly as he's even answering our questions. Like he's one of those who can think quickly on his feet. But I love that because it just took me, that answer took me back to him saying the Falcons were the ones that gave him this opportunity. And it also speaks to the fact that there's been a grooming of sorts where you kind of never know how things will come full circle or if there will be a second chance. But this seems like one of those second chances that makes more more than enough sense. Guys, there was a lot to dig in 
into from that press conference today. And we're definitely going to do that for you guys. So we'll be right back in the deep dive. We're going to talk more in this introductory press conference for Falcons head coach Raheem Morris and give you some thoughts on what I'd have gotten from GM Terry Fontenot as well. And everybody, as I mentioned before, we are not only sponsored by FanDuel, but also wanted you guys to know this episode of the Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by both DoorDash and eBay Motors. So think about DoorDash, right? Right now, it's pretty mild outside here in Atlanta, but I went up and down, back and forth, and all the way out, right? DoorDash is probably the kind of place you want to go or kind of service, rather, that you want to take advantage of if the weather gets to be like it was even last week. Now, it is maybe time also to pull out your Lucky Charm jersey and order your favorite apps and snacks on DoorDash because guess what? You probably want to figure out what your final snack selection will be for Super Bowl Sunday. That's where DoorDash comes in. You can order so much pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns. I don't know. What is that? A meatless hamburger or something? Anyway, on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Or for the chips, dips, nachos, or everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. So get 50% off up to $10 when you spend $15 or more your first order. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. On LOCKED Don't forget to use it. I'll give that code to you guys. Again, it's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change and terms do apply. This episode of our Atlanta football party is also brought to you guys by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is all about passion, drive, and patience. And you guys, we've been talking to you about passion. We've been talking to you about driving. We've been talking to you about patience in the form of Falcons newly minted head coach Raheem Morris. Well, that's what brings home the winning trophy as he knows as a Super Bowl champion defensive coordinator and eBay knows a little bit about championships as well. They have everything you need to maintain your vehicle in championship form and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part's guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. And that's in or out because I really do like the cool seat covers that I got from eBay as well. So remember, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, guys, time to get into it a little bit more for our press conference with Ernie Morris and Terry Potno earlier today. Now, one of the things that we found out was the coach from the offense coordinator, Zach Robinson, and defensive coordinator, Jimmy Lake, will be calling plays. So when you heard that, Tori, what was your response there? Do you see it more beneficial that coach empowers them to lead while freeing himself up maybe to see the whole picture like that a little bit earlier? Or are you more concerned because of both the first time? Yeah, I mean, I think there's 
there's an argument to be had for both. I mean, when you when you look at someone like Zach Robinson, Jimmy Lake, Jimmy Lake's called plays before. I'm not necessarily worried about that. Zach Robinson, not necessarily. But Raheem Morris did say that he did see him call plays. I believe he said it said in the preseason. So there is that at least baseline there. But what I will say with that is like, you don't know if someone's going to be the next prolific play caller unless they start calling plays. So everybody's got to have a chance at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do think that I like the idea of Raheem giving the defensive play calling to Jimmy Lake. And yes. I'll say this because from the jump, from the get-go, from the time that the Falcons parted ways with Arthur Smith to the time that they brought Raheem Morris in here, I said, I was like, they need a game manager. They need someone who is a team manager, someone who I think I even said, like, I, I use the term like leader of men, which I realize is super lame and I don't like using it. Just strike it from the record. <laughs> but in a game situation, I want to see a head coach be somebody who can go over and talk to the wide receiver in the same way he can go over and talk to the defensive lineman. And that is something that Raheem Morris can and has done. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's something that I very, very much think is beneficial to the overall scope of the team when you have a head coach who is, I think, inclusive of the entire team. And he's not just so micromanaging, focusing on one specific asset or aspect of the team itself. He's looking at it from a totality standpoint, from a holistic standpoint, and then you trust your coordinators to get their units ready. I'll actually add to that, just just, to say, kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier as far as the whole CEO piece, because once you empower people, you know, they're, they're willing to do a lot of things for you, then the person that doesn't do that, right? Or doesn't trust them to do that because I, I, you know, the relationship between Raheem Morris and Jimmy Lake goes all the way back to Tampa Bay back in 2002. And Jimmy Lake, those guys were there together. And, you know, Raheem Morris was just getting his first start in, in coaching. So when you think about that aspect of it, that just goes to show you just the type of relationship that he has with people, just the type of trust that he has with people to empower them. Now, granted, you're going to, there is some trepidation about having two guys that are uh, first time play callers. On this level, right? Which is it? I think Raheem Morris said even Morris even said that uh, Zach Robinson had done it in the, in the, in the uh, preseason game. So there is some experience there. But you know, Jimmy um, Jimmy Lake had done it in on the college level, not necessarily on the NFL level. So there is some experience there. But like you said, you don't like Tori mentioned there. You just don't know until you get the opportunity. And I think that I trust Raheem Morris's judgment when it comes to those type of things because of the relationship that he has with people, the type of, you know, introspect that he has into who he's hiring and who he's bringing onto his staff. Mm-hmm. And no offense, of course, you know, some, we always want to be careful not to seem like we are demeaning too much the staff, the previous staff, or honestly the staff before even that one, because real talk, we had to talk about that because that was, that's kind of been an elephant in the room with a lot of fans leery about that whole connectivity point for the regime before the regime, right? But, you know, Free, one of the things I like about it as well is there is a success story that can be told, and that's a success story in Ryan Nielsen. He's one of those guys that we were all hoping maybe somehow you could kind of keep him in Atlanta because there he was as a first-time, full-time play caller and did quite well in that role. Yeah, I, I, I think any sort of trepidation, at least specifically for Falcon fans, when it comes to a first-time play caller should be kind of gone at this point. Like it's it's not to sit here and say that, you know, Zach Robinson or Jimmy Lake are a sure thing. 
But I remember the trepidation that people had a year ago when Ryan Nielsen got the job and they're like, well, he's never called plays before in the NFL on, on defense. How do we know if he's good? And then we just watched him be very good at his job. And it's like that shouldn't be that pressing a concern. Like it's it's certainly an unknown, obviously, yeah. as we've discussed. But like at this point in time, like you shouldn't be like, oh, no, this unknown thing that we don't know what's going to happen like that that shouldn't be at the front of i think falcon fans mind because of the whole ryan nielsen experience and not that they look down a staffing tree as deeply as we do but we've looked down this entire staffing tree and how many times have we have we been like yeah they're gonna you know keep jerry gray like i think that might have been the one that we were all the most excited <laughs> about it we're just being real about it but even if we go deeper down the tree on the offensive side of the ball and you look at tj yates coming back as one of the qb coaches that's you know still a positive the reason i kind of throw those guys out there is because you do have maybe not from a play caller perspective but i'm talking about going deeper onto the coaching tree and seeing coaches that have so much experience in other spaces and places and also have a lot of experience here with these players. I think all of those things uh, speak volumes to the fact that those quote unquote new play callers are in good hands. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys about just before we wrap up is the question that was kind of like this other elephant in the room. Of course, it wasn't lost on anybody here in Falcons land that it is February 5th, the seventh year anniversary of that day. 28-3. So Raheem Morris was very honest, as he always is, about the fact that that was the worst loss of his career, and rightfully so. But what you got to like about it, guys, is the fact that he also is going to use it as a motivating factor to get back there and say, yeah, this is something that he wants this day to – it was almost like symmetry. You know, he's here. He was somebody who was there as a part of the worst loss in franchise history and wants to be here and is here to start a – an era that hopefully will produce the best win in franchise history. He even said he was like kind of a redemption arc. I think he used the yeah. word redemption and he, yeah, yeah. he even said like, we want to rewrite the narrative. Like he yeah. used all those, I think like serious buzzwords that we hear, but I think he means it. Like, I think yeah. that like he truly does. He truly innately feels what the fan base felt that's something that i think i don't want people to get lost on outside of arthur blank grady jarrett jake matthews that's really the only people in the building at this point who felt what it felt like to lose that game to have that chip on their shoulder to move forward with that always in the back of your head as a part of your history yeah. and the fact that Raheem Morris can relate to the fan base in that way, I think shows a hunger in him that the fans can relate to. Yeah. And I don't like, I, I don't miss that. Like I, that doesn't like pass in front of me and, and I, and I don't think anything about, it. I think that matters because I think it matters with the way that Raheem cares about the organization because he was right there. They were right there. They wanted it. They had it. And then they didn't. And to feel yeah. that, like I, you know, trauma, call it trauma bonded. Like we're all trauma bonded, you know, yeah. trauma bonded with this, yeah. this fan base. So, yeah. I mean, I, I joke, but like, that's, that's kind of true. And, and so I think like, we can't overlook that part of it. The fact yeah. that Raheem Morris, as much as anybody knows what that letdown feels like. And he wants mm -hmm. to make sure that the fan base has something more than yeah. that. 
And I think he appreciates the fact that this is also a melting pot of a fan base. Atlanta is one of the most diverse cities. And he said, you know, everybody talks about these other larger cities in this country, but Atlanta's unique, not just to the Southeast anymore. We're now unique to the world because we've got a World Cup coming here in big form. And that shows you so much of what the city is about. And I think he really wants to be a part of the process and understands as that first African-American head coach without the interim tag for this particular team. Still, it's an NFL team, so therefore it's still going to be your flagship team in the city, no matter what you say or think. Ultimately speaking, none of those pieces were lost on him. Jars, I think you wanted to chime in before we wrap up. Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, when you have somebody who identifies pain, identifies what your pain because yeah you know, especially this been, growing up in the city there's been a lot of pain <laughs> you know it's from a sports from a professional sports scene i've i've experienced i lived it i was you know i, I looked at the faces of, of the people that walked out of my house after that game and they was like hey man we can't get out the neighborhood because a fight broke out and the street is blocked off so yeah it's it's, it's real <laughs> you know for him to speak to that and say yeah. that hey you talk about redemption and talking about you know, finishing the job and, 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 and being able to win football games and winning the South and get back to that, you know, that opportunity so you can redeem yourself. It's just it it, it lets you know that he understands he has a, he has a good feel for this city. And, and, and for him to have that, that type of feel off the, off of it, it lets you know that he's going to have a really good feel on it when when things really start flying. Yeah, and not to be cliche, as Tori mentioned, because I hate to be cliche too, but ultimately speaking, I think we can all say this is more than just a job to Raheem Morris. When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about who got next. There was a senior bowl down in Mobile this weekend. The Falcons have had so much success in plucking talent from that senior bowl. Did anybody rise up? This episode of our Atlanta football party is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl if you are a 49ers fan or if you are a Chiefs Kingdom. We're here to help you celebrate with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Now, if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on well, it says, you know, for some people, it's the best seat on the couch. For us, we kind of watch it differently. So we might be very much intently watching it a different way. But regardless of whether we're on the couch or we are in the reporter's booth, ultimately, it's about grabbing our favorite football snack, too. And for you, it may be about placing some super bets. So FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown. Could be Christian McCaffrey, could be Travis Kelsey, or it could be some X factor of a player for either one of those teams. Also, how many points will be scored? This could be high scoring or this could be one of those defensive battles. Who knows? But you can bet it all right there at FanDuel. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel dot com slash locked on making every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right. So guys, senior bowl came and senior bowl went. it's sort of like that first pass, if you will, into getting us ready for the combine and on some level free agency, but mostly the combine and the draft and pro days and the like. Now, of course, we know that there were some dogs that stood out, if you will. Not a lot of QB stood out, oddly enough, in the game itself. So we probably need to go back even a step to Senior Bowl week, if you will. But can you guys think of any players that kind of stood out where you said, hmm, might be able to have a, an impact here in Atlanta next year? 
You know, you know how Jarvis is. <laughs> yeah, I was I kept my eye on the quarterbacks and I, I didn't I don't think they anybody really moved the needle right. uh during the week of, of practice and then that kind of continued in the game. It's just kind of like I think they all kind of held serve, at, uh, as they say, just like whatever you thought of them going into the week, you probably thought the same thing coming out of the week. And so we'll see how the rest of this pre-draft process goes uh, for some of these senior bowl quarterbacks, um, as well as some of the guys that weren't there. So nobody changed your mind about being QB1 for Flowery? Okay, just checking. <laughs> I would have to go with a couple of guys. Oh. That play on the defensive line, mm. docking, right? right. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to go with the, the edge guy, edge player out of a uh, Penn State, Adisa Isaac. He's a guy that I really thought that you know really established himself, especially in, in teams. And you know, a lot of times everybody pays attention to the to the one on one drills and pass rush. I get it, I understand it, but there's something to, that says to that speaks to me when you see a guy in 11 on 11 out there shining, you know, and out there making plays and, and, and being able to communicate with his teammates and everything like that. So I think he's a guy that I feel like he made some money down there. And also Braden Fitz, the D tackle out of Florida state. I thought he was a guy that, Yes. Uh, I know, you know, Dave on Yamada and Grady Jarrett getting a little up there in age. They still got juice left in the tank. Not, not, <laughs> not, I'm not going to go there. Uh, but there is some some room for for some young talent to come in and kind of learn under those guys and, and be able to take a chance on, and be able to, you know, have those guys be ready to step in once those guys do finally say, hey, it's time for me to hang it up. So, yeah, those are two guys that just popped for me uh, while I was down in Mobile. Gotcha. And I would say, and I know this is probably going to sound so cliche-ish, but it's almost like every year you kind of watch to see, will a dog come to the forefront or will a dog not come to the forefront? And I know that like Lad McConkey definitely had his stock rise, but for me, I am like praying, hoping and wishing, and you guys know I'm a Steelers fan. I always <laughs> leave that as full disclosure, but on the same token, we're stacked. We're good. We're good. But the Falcons could use another – they could use a wide receiver. Like, we know that Drake London is that dude. But they could use another wide receiver, like maybe wide receiver two, if you will. They need and a I, slot. I love the cool, yeah. story. I mean, if Zach Robinson's yeah. coming, they need yes. a slot. Right. Yes, they need. Yes, amen. Yes, I amen, that. exactly. And I think he's one of those guys that you wouldn't have to spend that eight. If, if, if the Falcons chose to stay at eight, you would not have to spend that eight there at all. Because I really do want them – to either if there's a QB there and they decide that that's the direction they want to go and that they can use that to, you know, move up just a couple slots. Or if there's a pass rusher there, an edge rusher, then I'd want them to go that route. I wouldn't want another position player by any stretch of the imagination, but I think you could probably get Lad and not have to use that pick to get him. T, can I add this too? Lad, yes, Lad, I think Lad would be a, an excellent addition. So, you know, I got to give the little guys a love, a lot of love, because I always show the big boys a love. Can I can I can I throw a name out there? Jarvis Brownlee Jr. Now uh come on. <laughs> no bias, no bias. There's no sure. bias. There's no bias. I promise. I promise there's no bias. Jarvis Brownlee Jr. Cornerback out of Louisville. We've been always talking. We've seen a revolving door that is the corner that plays opposite of AJ Terrell, right? And, and we've seen teams pick on that side. Who's that? Whoever's over there, like yeah, that's where we throw on the rock. Two four. He pretty much got things pretty pretty much handled on his side of, on his side of the field. I think if you get a guy like that, because. 
the way he was able to just mirror guys in, in one-on-ones, you just don't see that too often. I'm like, there was one, there was one instance where he was going up against um, Marcus Rosen, Jack Saint, you know, wide receiver out of Georgia. He literally ran the route for him. When you see guys do stuff like that, that lets you know that they are picking up on tendencies. And this was the second day of practice. Now we just we've only gone through one and a half days of practice. So when you see guys pick up on tendencies from guys that they've gone against prior to. That lets you know that that dude is a student of the game. And for him to be able to do that in just in less than 48 hours, that lets me know that, hey, the Falcons probably need to go and put that man in red and black again, you know, because you know, Louisville got the red and black in their uniform. So, yeah, go ahead and continue the tradition, my brother. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, listen, we appreciate you guys for stopping by the Atlanta Football Party. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll see you tomorrow for the Atlanta Football Party, the Dogs Edition. See ya.